following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Thank you, Autumn, for leading us in that type of prayer once a month. It's such an important discipline. You know how I know it's an important discipline, especially with today. I kept thinking to myself, okay, what comes next? (laughs) Be still and know that I am God. Yes, I've done that. What's the next part? (laughs) There ain't no next part. (laughs) So thank you, Autumn. And thank all of you for being part of that. Um, We're going to talk about ancient paths and new shoes briefly. Um, I don't know how briefly, but it'll be sort of brief. Before we do that, I want to... I want to talk a little bit of business with you, my artists and church friends, and give you an update on some of what's been going on with our building. Um, if you've been here the past several weeks, you've seen it slowly changing. We've added some new paint to the walls, and we've removed some doors, and uh, especially during moments of silence, you may be wondering, how long is it going to be before we replace the doors? <laughs> um, those, uh, those doors are special order doors. They will be here soon, and then we'll have a, we'll have a closable sanctuary again. But we've, we've put up some new artwork, and you see stacks of things out there, and, and you may be wondering what's going on with our, uh, with our building. Some of you already know, um, but for those of you who don't, I'll bring you up to speed really quickly, that, that we've, um, we've experienced some significant growth over the last year or so. And uh, the room is not entirely full today, we have a number of people traveling this week, but it was very full last week, and it's been very full on most of the weeks lately, and so we have been exploring the possibility of, of expanding our sanctuary, and that process has been a fairly long one. Um, we had a plan drawn up, and we we're ready to go with it, and then we found out that in order to do this project, we had to, to meet some building code requirements, and specifically, we needed to install a full sprinkler system in, in our sanctuary. And uh, that is was simply a cost-prohibitive uh, option for us to pursue. It would have, um, made the, the project, would have made the project budget increase by about 75%. And so we, we were looking for alternative ways to achieve fire safety so that we could comply with the code. Or uh, Specifically, we, we had applied for a variance to the code. Um, and our hope was that the zoning board would allow us to proceed with this expansion if we approached the issue of fire safety a different way than with a very, very, very expensive sprinkler system in this entire sanctuary. And it was a fairly long process, and we had the meeting was delayed a couple of times, and we just had the meeting. The zoning board met on Thursday, and our friend Dan, who's our architect and a member at Artisan, and I went to the zoning board on Thursday, and uh, unfortunately, they denied our request for this variance. Um, and so, obviously, this is a, a great disappointment to us um, because it puts the future of that project in question, to say the least. Um, and so, uh, it's a disappointment, and it's also very fresh and new. As I said, we got this news on Thursday, three days ago. And um, I'm telling you this even though I have no idea what we're going to do just because that's the way we tend to operate around here um, more often than not. I'll tell you what 
will happen next. We have our leadership team meeting scheduled this afternoon. It was already on the calendar, which is convenient. So our leadership team will address this issue this afternoon. And uh, we have a gallery, all-church gathering on Wednesday, conveniently scheduled ahead of time already. Um, Our all-church meeting uh, on Wednesday will be, uh, well, let's just say we have a topic. We (laughs) We have something to talk about. Um, not that we usually strain for things to talk about, but we have something really big to talk about at that meeting. So uh, I'd encourage you to um, come to that meeting on Wednesday night, if at all possible. We have dinner, a potluck dinner at 6, and then the meeting starts at 6.30, and there, there will be child care provided as, as usual. Um, if you're a member here at Artisan, we, we consider membership a pretty high bar, and so we expect members to attend these, these all-church gatherings, if, if at all possible, unless you have a really big conflict. But you don't have to be a member to be there. Anybody who wants to know more about the life of Artisan Church, see how we go and tick and stuff, you're welcome to be there. Uh, Especially if you call this your church home, I'd encourage you to be there. Uh, So I just wanted to to know about what had happened. And I'd like to ask you to pray for me and and for your leadership team and for Artisan Church as we go forward with with whatever we go forward to. Um, And I won't say more about it than that for now. But... You know. Now you know. So this new series that starts today is called Ancient Paths, New Shoes, Exploring Artisans' Values. And we decided to put this one on the calendar because we did, uh, about a month ago, you may remember, we did a series called My Faith Won't Fit on a Bumper Sticker. And that series was all about um, kind of describing artisan in negatives. In other words, these are the things that we don't do. You know, we don't force our, fit, our faith to fit on a little sticker that we put on our car. We don't allow our faith to be governed by um, really specific bulleted lists of statements of faith. And we don't allow our faith to be uh, informed by our politics. Rather, we like to have our faith inform our politics and so forth. And um, we were talking about that and, and somebody, I think it was Mike, raised the really excellent point. You know, we're talking about all these things that we're not. Maybe we should follow that up by talking about what we are. <laughs> what are some things that we do espouse and embrace and um, proclaim? And what kind of things do we write on our website about who we are if we're not going to have a statement of faith and that kind of thing? Uh, and so this series happened. We ended up having a little uh, interstitial moment for a few weeks with the Gospel of John, and, and now we're back to this. So this is really the perfect follow-up to the My Faith Won't Fit series. And if you'd like to catch up with that, that's available uh, via podcast. You can find that on our website, um, or you can search for Artisan Church in, in iTunes or whatever you use for podcasting. Um, so the first topic today is going to be um, me giving a ch- having a chance to tell you about our mission statement and something that we call our image statement. But before I do that, I want to tell you a little bit about our name. <coughs> the most common question I get from people who are outside the church is, why, why do you call it Artisan Church? Why Artisan Church? Um, and by the way, it's just Artisan Church. It is not the Artisan Church. little pet peeve. <laughs> it's like if you named your kid Charles and you didn't want to use Charlie and everybody started calling him Charlie. That's sort of like naming your church Artisan Church and everybody calling it the Artisan Church. So it's not the Artisan Church, in case you wanted to uh, share that news with your friends. <laughs> but why Artisan Church, why do we use that name? Well, the answer is that, that we see in that term a lot of who God is and a lot of who we are. 
Um, the key verse to understand here is from Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2.10. In our favored translation, the one that we use, the, the NRSV, it says, We are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. We are what he has made us. He being God. God is the master artisan, the great craftsman of the universe. But we are also made in the image of God, and so there's, this, there's a very real sense in which humanity bears this creative impulse. We are people who make things, whether we're artists or craftspeople, um, we make things. And so artisan church has a double meaning in that way. You know, another translation says that we are God's workmanship. Um, uh, we are God's masterpiece is another, another translation that we like to use sometimes. So all of these things speak to who God is, and therefore, because we are made in God's image, they speak to who we are. And that's why we call ourselves artisan church. Um, so I told you we have a mission statement and we have an image statement. And that may be a kind of a weird phrase for you to hear. I'm going to start with the image statement because that's a little different. Now, what do we mean by image statement? Um, thankfully, what we don't mean is this concept of projecting an image, like trying to, trying to pretend that we're something. How embarrassing would that be um, if we're projecting an image? Um, that's not what I'm talking about at all. It's much more plain understanding of the word image, and it simply is that we want to uh, explain ourselves and describe ourselves in a, in a different way with a visual so a mission statement is something that's very commonly used in, corporate, in the corporate world, and uh, it's, it's, it can be helpful, but it can sometimes seem a little bit corporatized. And an image statement, it, it, it may work a little bit better for our, you know, kind of artistic bent. So our image statement is this. It's three phrases. Our image statement is uh, where we get the title of this series, as a matter of fact. Ancient paths, new shoes, journey together. I'm going to put those three phases uh, on the screen here for you so you can see ancient paths, new shoes, and journey together. Um, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about each one of these phrases in turn, and I'm going to give you a, a verse or two from the Bible for each of them as well. And in fact, we're going to do a lot of little short bursts of Scripture today. You know normally I put page numbers on there. We're going to go kind of fast through it, and I don't, I don't have page numbers for you, and I'm, you don't need to follow along in your, in your Bibles unless you're really quick. Um, but I want you to know as I use Scripture in this way, which is a little different from how I usually use Scripture in a sermon, that I don't intend for all these little verses to be proof texts. You know what a proof text is? It's where you make a Bible verse prove a statement that you already want to believe is true. Um, (laughs) There's nothing funny about a proof text. (laughs) But you can do that with just about any idea, can't you? I mean, you've seen this. Uh, writ large in our culture. You cherry-pick a scripture to support your favorite doctrine or idea. So although I'm only offering a few verses at a time, I, th- I do believe that in each case, I'm using the, uh, the text in a way that's consistent with the entire witness of scripture. It's important for me to let you know because I, I, I want you to, to realize that if we didn't think that this was true, if, if we didn't think that these, these short verses of scripture were true to the whole story of the Bible, we wouldn't have come up with them. <laughs> we wouldn't have used these particular phrases, probably. Um, so does that make sense? All right. Ancient paths, new shoes, 
journey together. The first phrase is ancient paths. And the text that I will use for this one is uh, from Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus says the Lord, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies and walk in it and find rest for your souls. We talk about this concept a whole lot around here. The road that we walk as Christians is a very, very old one. We confess a faith that is now 2,000 years old. But that faith is actually rooted in a tradition that's, that's much older. It's rooted in the Jewish tradition, of course. And what we at Artisan want to do is live out our faith in a way that recognizes and honors and draws from and respects that vast Christian history that has come before us. In other words, as the text in Jeremiah said, ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies. Walk in it. So that's the ancient paths part of our little image statement here. New shoes is the next one. And I'll read to you from Luke chapter 5, 37 and 38. Jesus said this. He said, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins and will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. The first, I don't know, hundred times I read this verse, I had no idea what it meant until I realized uh, how wine is made and how it was stored in the, uh, in the ancient world. Um, wine, of course, is, uh, ferments, which means that it's going to produce gas and expand. And you could store wine in, a, in an animal skin in those days, but it had to be a new skin that had some stretchiness to it. Because as the wine would expand, the skin would expand. Okay? Now, if you have used a wine skin once, you can't go and put new wine into it because it doesn't have any stretchiness left. Excuse me. Once the stretchiness is gone, if you put new wine in there, it's going to burst the skins. That's what Jesus is talking about. And for our purposes, as we think about new shoes on this ancient road, what we think about is the fact that Although we walk this ancient path, we embrace this faith, faith and live it out that has been with us for untold numbers of, of people and generations and families, we do it in a culture today that is new. And Jesus wants to do new work in us and in our culture. And so you have to have a new container for that. Thank you so much, Tim. So the new shoes part provides a little bit of a contrast or a juxtaposition against the ancient paths. We want to walk this ancient road in a way that, that makes sense to our modern, postmodern minds. And Jesus gives life today. There's, there's fermentation and effervescence in our faith today, not just 2,000 years ago, but in the here and now. So ancient paths, new shoes. And the third phrase is uh, a really beautiful one journey together. I'll read to you from Luke 24, verses 13 through 15. This is a story that happened after the resurrection of Jesus, but before all of the disciples had seen him. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened, the rumors that 
Jesus had been raised from the dead. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus came near and went with them. Now, this is a wonderful story. There are lots of different lessons that we could learn from it. Um, we could talk about how the disciples didn't recognize him at first. If you read that whole story, you'll see that that's true. And how they were revealed to him in the breaking of the bread at supper, which is a wonderful sacramental image. We've, talked, we've used that passage when we talked about Holy Communion uh, last year. But the point for us today is that we walk a road toward greater knowledge of Jesus and greater love for him. But we don't walk it alone. We walk it together. There were two of them walking together on this road with Jesus. What a beautiful image that is of a life of faith. We walk the ancient paths. We wear new shoes. But most importantly, perhaps, we, we walk that road with each other. And if, if Artisan Church, if we are living out our calling, you will never be alone here in your faith. So that's our image statement. I hope you will pardon the uh, hipster doofus aspect that you might see in something like an image statement. But we're going to move on to the corporate piggish side of things now with, uh, <laughs> with a mission statement. We try to hit both sides of the coin here. This is our mission statement. When we ask, people ask, what is Artisan Church about? This is what I would tell, what we tell them. Artisan Church wants to be a vibrant church community that does these things. We encounter God, embrace people, and engage culture in the way of Jesus. Now those two phrases at the beginning, encounter God and embrace people, are both mentioned and, and nicely summed up, I think, by Jesus in what I, what I consider to be one of the most important statements that Jesus made um, in the entire Bible. You find it in a couple different places, but the place I'll quote to you is from Matthew 22. 34 through 40, and listen to this text and, and see if you notice both the ideas coming out. Encounter God, embrace people. One of the Pharisees, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said this beautiful thing, this life-giving, freeing thing. On these two commandments, all the law and the prophets hang. Did you see the encountering God and the embracing people? in that wonderful summary of the entire law and prophets that Jesus gave in, in a sentence or two. Encountering God, that first part, that is something that we can all do. I believe that we can all encounter God, regardless of what we believe or don't believe, regardless of how we behave or don't behave. We can all encounter God. And so we really, really want Artisan to be a place where everyone is given the opportunity to do so. Everyone is given an opportunity to experience God. Because it's only in experiencing God that you can really get to the point where you're ready to obey that first commandment to love 
him, to love God with everything you have. So if encountering God is something that we're all able to do, embracing people is something that we are all called to do. We are all commanded to do. As long as they're, you know, not heavy drug users or Republicans or gay or follow mixed martial arts or, you know. (laughs) I don't say the NASCAR thing. Only other people... uh, This is like a running inside joke at Artisan. We have one NASCAR fan in the congregation. Yeah. <laughs> and we always bust his chops whenever we come up. But I, I would like the record to show I did not put NASCAR. You can look at my notes. They're not there. I chose MMA. Because I knew somebody else would say NASCAR. <clears throat> The point is we are called to embrace them all, to love our neighbors as ourselves without qualification. Encounter God, embrace people, and engage culture. Engaging the culture where we exist is the best way to share this beautiful life of faith in Christ with our peers. This is, the, this is the corollary to the, the, uh, the new shoes part of our image statement, engaging culture. Just as Jesus embodied humanity, literally took on the body of a human being and was intimately present to a particular time and place in the incarnation. By the way, theologians have a wonderful term for this. It's called the scandal of particularity. <laughs> what a scandal that Jesus had to come if he was going to come at all, in a particular place, at a particular time, and nowhere else, and no when else either. I love that idea. But we, as the body of Christ, in our world, must be intimately present to our particular time and place. We have to have our own scandal of particularity. if we have any hope of sharing Christ's love with the people around us. And there's a wonderful biblical story that describes this and I think is an absolute bullseye on this topic. It's uh, found in Acts 17, and it's too long to read the whole thing to you. I've put the the reference on the screen because if you've never read this passage and and if you don't know this story, I really encourage you to read it yourself. Make Make it one of your devotional texts this week. The stories of the Apostle Paul who, when he was evangelizing in the city of Athens, shared the gospel with these Athenians in a really interesting way. What he did was he quoted their own poets to them. He quoted pagan poetry to share the gospel of Christ with the people of Athens. But the really fascinating point is that the, it wasn't just like poetry about trees and stuff. It was poetry about God. It was just the wrong one. It was poetry about Zeus. What an unbelievable... Do you know how fast Paul would get fired today? If he was evangelizing a group of, uh, I don't know, let's, uh, New Agers, and he started quoting something about Gaia or, you know, whatever... And applying that to Jesus, oh, no, 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 no. He would make the, uh, 
He would make the list of American cult leaders so fast. <laughs> until he ran for president against the Democrat, and then they would take him off the list. <laughs> that was not in my, my notes. I just <laughs> should stick to my notes. <laughs> He would get fired so fast for quoting Zeus or, or the equivalent today. But that is exactly what he did. And you know, my goodness, a lot of people came to believe in Jesus as a result of it. And that is precisely the kind of thing that we want to do at Artisan, which might be one of the reasons why we don't always uh, fit in. Um, and I don't want to be coy about that and wear that like some stupid badge, but, but that's the truth. I mean, we, we, we don't quite fit the bill. Um, sometimes. I hope it's because of, of us trying to apply Acts 17, not because we're just weird for the sake of being weird. Encounter God, embrace people, and engage culture. But that's not enough. That's not it. We have that last phrase in there, which is that we do all of this in the way of Jesus. That's the, the trump card, if you will. See, we could do all of that other stuff. We could encounter God some way. We could embrace people pretty well. We could engage with our culture all day long, twice on Sundays. But if we didn't do it in a definitively Jesus-y way, we would be missing the point entirely. We might be something. We might be something awful neat. But we wouldn't be a church. We wouldn't be a Christian church. We wouldn't be artisan church. Jesus is everything to us because he is both the origin and the culmination of all the other things that we've been talking about. It's in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus that our reason for being as a church finds its beginning and its end and hopefully its middle too. Let's pray together. God, I believe that uh, eight or nine or ten years ago when we sat around a table and started talking about the values that would define this church, that you were there and present in that moment. And that as we developed this mission statement and this image statement, your spirit was speaking to us and leading us and guiding us and calling us to be a place where these things happen. God, I also believe that you have been with us in moments when we've been at risk as a community, in moments when we have struggled, in moments when things have been precarious. And I want to thank you, Lord, for calling us back to this mission, this image statement, and to our values that we'll see in the coming weeks in those moments because they are the structure, they are the scaffold that we stand on, scaffolding that gives us rest from the work of life. They are the compass that gives us direction, the direction that you've called us to those years ago. God, uh, 
it occurs to me now that we are, as a church, facing a difficult moment in our history right now. That uh, this decision that came down on Thursday has thrown a wrench into the works, has altered our plans. And I trust in you that you are with us in this moment as well. We pray, God, that you would give us wisdom and confidence as we apply our mission and our values, those things that you called us to so long ago, to this present day situation, to this challenge, to this moment of precariousness. We trust in you. We seek to live out your calling as a church, consistent with all these wonderful stories from Scripture. give you thanks for all of these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, now I'd like to um, invite you to come to the Lord's table. This is something that we do every week when we, when we worship together. It is the best expression of Jesus and his work that, that we know of as Christians. And actually, I think it's the best expression of our calling, our particular mission as Artisan Church that I know of. Everything we do centers on Jesus and his love. This is, the, this is the way we encounter God, is in Christ and his sacrifice. This is the way we embrace each other, by coming around a common table together. This is the energy that our souls need to engage our culture and share Jesus with it. And I can't think of anything that would be more in the way of Jesus than, than to come to his table. And so our table's open today uh, for anyone who's seeking to live out that calling in this place uh, to follow Jesus and serve him. As usual, we're going to continue to worship in song uh, as you come to the table. And so there's a number of different ways you can respond to him. Um, will we have prayer team members praying today, Heidi? They'll be up here. Uh, if you'd like prayer for something, if you'd like to uh, have somebody pray with you or for you, you can come to the, uh, to the prayer spot there as we're taking communion as well. Uh, but in, in whatever way you respond, may it be uh, in obedience to the Holy Spirit and the word that is spoken to your heart right now. Amen. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.